any money you save by doing that, you're really rolling the dice because flights get canceled all the time. And then especially if you're dealing with a time zone difference, you are going to be exhausted. And it's gonna take you potentially half the retreat just to recover from arriving. Ignite your best life. Yoga is the spark. Hello, my friends. I'm Brett Larkin. Welcome back to the Yoga Hacks podcast where we take yoga off the mat and into our daily lives. And this was a requested podcast topic from one of our amazing Uplifted members. If you're not yet a member of the Uplifted community, you're missing out. Check it out, upliftedyoga.com. And she wanted to ask about the best way to pick a yoga retreat and sort of how to budget and spend your money because yoga can be an expensive hobby, as we all know, especially if you start going to tons of studio classes and you have multiple online subscriptions and then you're doing yoga retreats, teacher trainings, vacations. This can add up to being expensive really fast. So you want to think through what makes the most sense and where to best budget your dollars. That's what we're going to talk about in this episode. Oh, and before we dive into this week's episode, make sure to listen to the very end because I have a very special offer that I'm excited to let you know about that's relevant to the podcast topic that I'm going to announce at the end of the episode. So keep listening. This is a short episode and I think you'll really like what I have to share with you. All right. And for the person who's just passionate about yoga and looking for a yoga retreat, here you need to figure out, are you picky about the kind of yoga you do or not? Basically, are you a yoga snob? Or not right some of us just are really mellow and happy to do yoga with any teacher right so in that case picking a random retreat where you're not that familiar with the teacher you're gonna be fine with that because you're a go with the flow type of person you you know tend to like most of the yoga classes you go to you're maybe more attracted to the venue or the space than the teacher but if you're more like me where you really are particular about the kind of classes you like which teachers you study with, who they've trained with, what kind of styles they're offering. As a basic example, I tend to like yoga classes that are a little bit slower, kind of like a slow flow. So vinyasa, but slower moving, lots of alignment cues. So I don't think I'd do that well on a retreat where someone was teaching crazy ashtanga or power flow every single day. It just wouldn't be the right fit for me and my energy. So if you can resonate with that, if you're like me where there's kind of a style of yoga that you kind of dig and if you're not doing that style, you just don't feel as great, you want to go on a retreat with a teacher that you know. That is so important because otherwise you're really rolling the dice and you have no idea what the yoga is really going to be like on the retreat. Another huge benefit of going on a retreat in a teacher-centric way, right? So seeking out a teacher you really want to study with and then seeing what retreats they're offering rather than just like picking a retreat based on where it is, is that other people on the retreat are going to be there for the same reason you are. The reason being that they were attracted to that teacher and that's why they're going. And that's usually going to mean that the collective energy of the group is going to be phenomenal and that you're going to connect with a lot of like-minded people. When you pick a retreat at random and you don't really know the vibe of the teacher, not only do you not know what style of yoga you're going to get morning, noon, and night, but you don't know their vibe. You don't know what kind of people they're going to attract. It's going to be people who want to party and kind of go for margaritas in the town when you're not doing yoga on the beach, or is it going to be people who are really on an intense spiritual journey and maybe more wanting to journal and go to bed early, right? You really don't know unless you're familiar with that teacher and their energy. 
And I know because this has happened to friends of mine, but a retreat experience is not fun if you are not on the same vibe or wavelength as everyone else on the trip. You're going to feel alienated, you're not going to feel relaxed, and you're not going to really have that, again, transformative experience that you can when you're in a group of like-minded peers. So all that goes to show that I highly suggest picking a retreat or going on a retreat based on a teacher you like. And if you can't find a retreat that works with the teacher you like, you could ask the teacher that you like and say, hey, I really enjoy your style of yoga. Who do you learn from? Who are your teachers? And then go see if those people are offering retreats. That way you know that it's going to be the style of yoga that you like with people who are probably on the same wavelength. All right, next up, let's talk about the early bird special. Most yoga retreats, including most of mine and everything I offer, has a discount for registering early. This is because the person hosting the retreat needs to get an idea of headcount and has probably deposits they need to pay, and it's in your best interest to sign up early. A, because you're going to get a discount on the retreat, and that's awesome, but B, everything else related to the retreat, for example, flights if you need to book them, will be way cheaper if you do it farther in advance. So do your research early and save money. Another reason it's great to register early is because a lot of times the cheapest types of rooms, for example, dormitory style rooms or shared rooms, sell out fast. So if you wait to sign up for that retreat, it might still be available, but there's only the most expensive room type left. So again, you'll just be spending a lot more when potentially you didn't have to. So I'm telling you to take action early take advantage of those early bird specials, but (laughs) slow down for a second. Once you figure out the retreat you want to go on, before you hit purchase on that early bird, you're going to want to research how much is it going to cost to get there. I've never heard of a yoga retreat that includes uh, the cost of flying or getting there, right? Usually you're responsible for arriving at the retreat destination. So you might find an amazing retreat, for example, in Morocco. It's dirt cheap, great rate, super great early bird, has maybe dorm style or shared rooms. It's a steal, but getting to Morocco is going to cost you $5,000 when you actually look it up on Kayak. I recommend kayak.com. There's tons of different apps and websites now that you can use. But unfortunately, if you're doing a retreat, you don't have flexible dates, right? You know when you need to fly in and you need to fly out. And here's where I'm going to give you my next huge tip. Get ready for it. You want to fly in two days early before the retreat, especially if it's an international retreat and an international flight. Now you may think that's crazy and overkill, but as someone who's run international retreats for years now, let me tell you, every single time I have people who were planning to come in the day of or the day before, and something always goes wrong. With international flights, it's just crazy in this modern world, right? Strikes happen, delays happen, weather happens, and you don't want to be the person who's missing the retreat you paid for because you couldn't get there on time. Now, in terms of booking your flights to leave the retreat, you can leave right when the retreat's over, right? Because there's no risk. And again, it could be lovely to stay on a couple extra days if you're in a part of the world you want to explore. But if you have the ability, I would do your exploring before the retreat. I would get there before the retreat starts, a minimum of two days. Because travel things can just go wrong, your bags can get lost, and you might barely make it in time even if you're planning to be there two days ahead of time. That's actually happened to people on retreats that I've hosted. 
And bonus reason why it's amazing to arrive early, especially for international retreats, but even domestic, because America is a large country, is you're going to adjust to the time zone before the retreat starts. So if you're flying across the world, and again, this has happened to so many people on my international retreats, they spend the first three or four days so jet lag because again, they didn't come in early and you know, in their head, and I I get it, it makes sense. You're like, oh, I want to save money by only coming in right before the retreat starts so I can just use the retreat lodging, maybe not have to book my own hotel or anything like that. But it's short-sighted. Any money you save by doing that, you're really rolling the dice because flights get canceled all the time. And then especially if you're dealing with a time zone difference, you are going to be exhausted. And it's going to take you potentially half the retreat just to recover from arriving. So get there early. Play it smart and play it safe. Third big tip in terms of getting there early is try to connect with someone else on the retreat who's also arriving early and maybe you can share a hotel room to save money even further. A great thing to do is to go on a retreat with a friend. I think that works so well because that way there's someone you know on the trip and it just makes it easier to make friends and you might just be more comfortable. And again, you can split lodging, share costs when you arrive early. But even if you're on your own, see if you can get connected. Ask the organizer of the retreat Say, hey, I'm planning on flying in a couple days early. Do you know of anyone else who's doing that? Can you put me in touch with them? And you can see if they maybe want to meet up or, again, split lodging. And, of course, remember, if you're ever going on one of my trips or retreats, you can also post things like this in the Uplifted private Facebook group. In the Facebook group, we have two girls who are going together on a retreat to Costa Rica right now who got connected through the group. Stuff like that happening all the time. We have a member from Hawaii who went to Australia and met the one of our Australian Uplifted members, and everyone's just same vibe, same tribe, and it's great. If you're nervous about where to stay and how to organize getting in early, again, reach out and ask the retreat organizer. Say, I'm coming in early. Where would you recommend I stay? And the jackpot is to stay at the retreat venue because that way you don't even have to move your bags around or switch rooms. Sorry, Alex had a little freak out there. And if you can't stay at the retreat venue, again, use your early time to explore a part of the city or a a part of the world that you've never been to before in an area that's different from the retreat, or you can just stay as close to the retreat as possible to make it less stressful for yourself. All right, now my next tip for when you're budgeting out your retreat is that you really want to make a budget. So costs can add up very quickly, even if you're going to an all-inclusive retreat. For example, say you need to fly there. Is there uh, accommodation or transportation rather, uh, from the airport to the retreat venue. If not, and the retreat venue is remote, it might need mean that you need to rent a car or it might be a really expensive taxi ride, like upwards of 60 or $80. So again, none of this is a big deal, but you have to plan in advance. Something I always look at when I travel or I'm investigating a retreat is how far away is the retreat from an airport. Of course, remote venues are nice and that's sort of what we want on a retreat, but on the other hand, If it's three or four hours in a bus or a car to get to the venue after a long flight or after flying in, I don't know, that starts to really add up and you have to weigh if the amount of travel is going to compensate for the relaxation, right? If it's so stressful to get there that you're just a wreck and jet lagged and so tired and it's been like trains, planes, and automobiles, it might not be worth it even if the retreat is relaxing uh, to have to do that on the way there and then all again on the way back. You're also going to want to 
factor in incidental expenses, right? Like when you're at the airport, you're going to need to eat. There's probably a taxi or two that you're not thinking about. There's always just little costs that add up when you travel. So add buffer an extra $100, $200 just for little incidental items like that, especially for like buying things that you forgot, like uh, air, uh, one of those pillows for your neck or the shampoo and hairbrush that you left behind, right? And that leads us to packing. My biggest tip here is to bring your own yoga mat. You don't know what kind of mats are going to be provided at the retreat center. And again, maybe you're one of those go with the flow people and like any yoga mat is going to be great for you. But if you're like me, right, you want a yoga mat that's non-slip, that you're comfortable on, that you can really enjoy your practice, and especially because you're going to be doing yoga potentially multiple times a day. So it's never been more important to have a mat that feels good for you, that feels good for your body. So yes, I know you want the extra room in your suitcase to pack all sorts of cute outfits and stuff, but if you're going on a yoga retreat or a long-distance teacher training for the yoga, having a yoga mat that you love is great. I can't tell you how many times, again, <laughs> leading retreats, that people have come and they've been unhappy with the mats that have been provided, even though I may have thought they were fine, and they end up slipping and sliding the whole class, and that's going to affect them day after day on the retreat. So they came and they paid all this money to go on an amazing yoga retreat, but they're slipping in every single down dog they do because they don't have the mat that they need or they want. People are picky about mats and bring your own. Don't let that be you, the person whose whole trip is kind of ruined and they don't really get to enjoy the yoga because they're on a mat. Like the mat when you're going to a new place is just a wild card. You don't know what it's going to be like. And even uh, people have emailed me as the retreat organizer and said, uh, you know, what kind of mats do you have available? And I let them know the brand. But sometimes, especially with international retreats, it's a brand that people aren't familiar with if they're from another country. So I always, always say, if you're picky about your mat, bring your own mat. Bring your own mat. It's really, really worth it. My next tip is to look at the retreat cancellation policy. Anyone who's leading retreats regularly or you know trustworthy should have the policy clearly stated on their website or when you place your deposit what the policy is, right? You want to know, just worst case scenario, how much are you in the hole for if all of a sudden something happens because, you know, life is unpredictable and you can't make it to the retreat or to the training. So always make sure to read the fine print and know what that policy is if you need to back out. Uh, it could You could save a lot of money if you back out on a certain date, for example, two weeks before the retreat instead of a week before the retreat. All right, and last but not least, if you are attracted to a retreat that just sounds like your dream vacation, everything's perfect, but you don't know the teacher at all, reach out and ask if they have a class online that you can practice or try. Most instructors these days must have at least one video on YouTube or somewhere. And if they don't have that, ask them if they can describe in detail what their style of yoga is like. Will you be doing meditation as part of the retreat? Again, is it all power flow? Or are you going to be mixing it up with some yin and restorative practices as well? You're making a big investment and you really want to know what you're getting into. Now, a lot of you have asked me in the Facebook group when I am doing my next retreat. I definitely want to do one, especially near my home in Northern California. 
Right now what I have in the books is mainly events that are in-person trainings, both continuing education and teacher trainings. Just because Alex is so little, I'm sort of hesitant to lock anything in stone, but just stay on the email list. Make sure you're getting my emails and of course, and or in the Facebook group, yogahackscommunity.com, upliftedyoga.com if you want to take that next level and become a full-fledged uplifted member with me. Uh, and you'll definitely be up to date and know that there are some coming. In the meantime, I know I started the episode by telling you I had something really fun and cool that I wanted to announce. In the meantime, Uplifted members, you are going to get for this coming month an Uplifted at Home Retreat. This is a project that I've been working on for what feels like forever. What it is, is it's two extended length practices. So two two hour classes, so very long practices as well as some guided visualizations, a restorative practice, a brand new yin practice, and two meditations. And these all come with a booklet with detailed instructions on how you can run your own at-home retreat. So I give tons of tips about how you can run an at-home retreat. Even if you're someone who just thinks doing a retreat at home would not be possible for you because of kids and family, trust me, I've thought of all of it. It's all in this booklet. It's all spelled out as well as exactly what you should do each day, rituals, essential oils, cards. It's super, super exciting because I want anyone to be able to have a retreat experience from the comfort of their home, no matter what their budget or ability to fly or get away. And again, I give details in the booklet about little tips and hacks of how you can kind of even go away at home by staying somewhere else locally or staying at a friend's house for the weekend and carving out some special sacred time for yourself. This is so appropriate to do over Valentine's Day if you're listening to this uh, when it first comes out in January and February. I wanted to make sure this at-home retreat was available for Valentine's Day. So those of you that want to do it as a self-care, self-love activity for a weekend could do that. So this entire Uplifted Retreat kit is going to be completely free, is completely free for Uplifted members. So if you're not a member, consider joining. Remember, you can always just join for a couple months, see if you like it, upliftedyoga.com, and that's what's coming up next. So you don't want to miss this really special retreat experience, so sign up now and get it while you can. I can't wait to share it with you. And what's really cool is that the two two two-hour classes, super extended length, amazing, includes meditation and oh my gosh we flow and we wind down it's just it's so great when you you know I'm always creating these shorter classes and practices for for YouTube to be able to just really take as much time as you want for a class and get it all in you know the long shavasana the long meditation the long flow oh I love it so good so the classes that are on in this at-home retreat uh, were filmed on a retreat that I led uh, a year or two back So you also get to see some other students and me adjusting them. It's just really, really special. So I hope you check out the at-home retreat, upliftedyoga.com is where you can get all the info on that. And thanks always for listening to the very, very end. I'm sending you so much love and I hope you go on the perfect yoga retreat for you this year. Let me know what you thought of this podcast in the comments down below. Did you find any of these tips helpful? Do you have tips that you want to add for the group? Let's start some collective knowledge here. And so, so, so much love. From my heart to yours, namaste. This episode was brought to you by Uplifted. Try Brett's membership community for people who want to enrich their life through yoga for free at brettlarkin.com slash uplifted. Yoga obsessed? Join Brett for yoga teacher training at brettlarkin.com slash train. 
And don't forget to give back. Like this podcast, leave a rating or review. Share this with someone you love. Remember, now is the time to dedicate yourself to what matters most. From my heart to yours, namaste.